Okay, welcome back, you guys, to the Adventures of Gigi. I'm Gia Pero. And I'm Gavrisora. Hey, bitches. And this week, we've got a little bit of a exclusive for you. It's in keeping with everything that's going on at the moment. Yes, it's Pride. Yes, we're all excited about being our true selves like we should be every single day of our lives. You and- sound so fake saying that. <laughs> no, I mean it, but like, it's true. I'm just trying to be as clear without going on a fucking tangent already. Heard that. <laughs> but- <laughs> so everybody's putting out stuff for Pride, Rainbow, everybody's like, you know, all the bigger companies are capitalizing and making all their logos, Rainbow S, blah, 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 yeah. I'm seeing that everywhere. It's tiring. It's like, yeah, it's nice you acknowledge it, but we all know the real reason why they're doing it. Everybody who's going to be in the parades and the streets and, well, you know, restrictions permitting, you know, if we're allowed to do that. But, you know, what we're allowed to do already so far, they just want us to buy into it. And it's a lot tiring now. It's nice to have the moment as a proper sponsor or a proper thing that actually fully advocates like their support for gay rights or LGBTQ rights. It's definitely a good cause, but... You know, when you just see it, oh, here's our new logo and it's all rainbow. It's just like, mm. It's a lot of virtue signaling and a lot of, um, what do you, what do you call it when someone like says, oh yeah, Black Lives Matter, but then they actually like don't do anything. I don't even know. I don't know what the word is, but like when someone says they're about something or they want to make a change, but they're just about that on the face level, the surface level to like go with the status quo. Like, I feel like that's a whole lot of what the people making their fair weather. I don't know. I can't remember. No, it's not fair weather friend. It's not that it's something completely different. So our coming out stories do you want to go first or shall I? No, I want you to go first. So let's go back to 1985. A boy was born. My parents have told me they were really ecstatic. The first one was a girl. They were happy with that. Then when they had me, they were happy that they had one of each. We were very close, closely you know, brought into the world two years apart. Me and my sister get on very well. We like chalk and cheese, but we get on very well because we're very close in age and we grew up together. She was my first friend ever, you know? Did you say we're like chalk and cheese? Yeah, completely different. It's a, it's a friend. Oh my God, you're so British. <laughs> <laughs> chalk and cheese. I'm done. <laughs> yes, we are. We are like chalk and cheese. And I think she'd say the same thing. Um, we just oh my don't. gosh, we're like toothpaste and orange juice. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're like we're like mint bubble gum and cold water. <laughs> well, no, not, not that different, but like we're not that we don't get the burn. But like, yeah. So I had an upbringing from a very narrow tunnel vision, straight down the line, so to speak, of this is what you do with your life. You're born, you go to school, you meet somebody at school, probably high school, and then that's it. You get married, settle down, done. That's life, right? And I never had this mapped out for me. I had really big, big, big hopes for myself. And and this was from being a kid. Like, I literally used to dream, dream, dream all the time. I'd play with my sister's toys with my sister. You know, all the, st- the normal stuff that 
you go through when you're trying to realize yourself. You don't know you're tra- you're, that you're creating a realization. You're just going after your interests, right? Can uh, you be more specific creating your realization? You go towards, I don't know, you go towards girl bands that appear on TV. Female artists, for example. I've said this about Sue Mariah Carey on Top of the Pops in 1993 when she went to number one with Without You. And I was intrigued at eight years old. Anything that my sister had, I wanted to be involved with. I had boys' toys. I loved my boys' toys as well, you know. It wasn't like a complete, you know, other end of the spectrum. I was like playing with my toys. But I had Action Man. I had all these, like car toys as well like but you know i i would i was always interested in everything and so was my sister actually but it seemed to align more with me and um i remember people making comments people never really said anything about me as a boy is like to my face is always going to grow up gay or anything like that but there were there was things comparing me to girls and stuff like that and it it made me question like what what is this like what why and I thought I'm a boy and and I I could never make the separation between my boys toys and um anything that my sister had either you know I just did what I wanted to played with what I wanted to when I wanted to it was just a thing my dad kind of steered away and made the comments we didn't have the same interests that had an effect on our relationship. But my mother was always, always, always behind everything, supporting. You do what you want to do if it makes you happy. My mum is a very broad-minded person. I was always taught to accept everybody from whatever walk of life, regardless, because we are all different and we can all create our, our own future. We're all valuable. I was always told we were all valuable. And, and I'm really thankful for that. And whenever people used to say things to her, she was always like, and what? It does not matter. He'll find his way. And and I, I never understood it then. But now, now I know, I, I, I'm really thankful that she used to say that. You know, I went through my childhood growing up, not really realising, am I gay? I'm gay. I like this. I like this. I've got to be gay or anything like that. And just completely open-minded to everything. Just thinking, okay, well, I'm Gareth, basically. And it wasn't until... Mariah's Heartbreaker. And there's a few other things, any of the UK lambs or any of the, the US or whatever, you know, that have heard of the band's steps. I wasn't really a fan of them in the 90s, but they were there. And I kind of related to certain members of the band. There's a, there's a one gay member. And I kind of would compare myself to him a little bit and think, okay, I'm similar to him in certain ways. Not every way, but as a kid, yeah. And when Mariah's Heartbreaker came out in 1999, I'd already had the realization I was like really down about it. I was 13, nearly 14 years old, feeling that I could be gay, that I'm not fully this straight picture of a man at 13 <laughs> that, that we're led to believe is the right thing. I mean, obviously, as I've grown up, you see loads of straight men and they're not always a cookie cutter lumberjack, you know, and I just, I don't know, like, I just, I, I realised then, I thought, I'm not what I should be. That's how I felt. And I thought, and I remember I was, it was a summer holiday I'd had this realization and I just thought, I felt like I was pathetic. All these things. And I think it was everything, everything that I probably subconsciously stored or heard, overheard that come back to me about what people had said. And I thought, oh my God, people have said things like, oh, he likes this. He plays with his sister too much. Or, you know, we bought him 
an action man for his birthday or Christmas. Yeah, but he plays with that. But yeah, but he plays with Gemma far too much or whatever. But all these comments were coming back to my head and I thought, oh my God, I'm everything everybody said I was going to be. I was so down. Summer holidays, kids should be, especially at 13, you should be going and playing with, not playing so much, but you should be going out and discovering who you are as an outside person, learning your independence, even though you don't have it fully. I was staying at home, running to my bedroom when it was like a depression. I could feel this build up inside me, right? I ran to my bedroom and I would cry into my pillow and I would look around me and see the posters on my wall of the Spice Girls and all the, all Saints, all the bands, the big bands at the time. This is probably, you would have only been like nearly two years old then, Gia. Or no, nearly three. I looked around and I just felt like I was a disgrace at 13. Because you like the girl bands and stuff? Everything just came back to me and I could hear these voices in my head. Yeah, and it just felt like you're everything they said you were going to be. And literally, these bursts of crying happened a lot in one day. And it didn't just happen in one day, but I mean, in one day on its own, it would happen like probably five or six times every day of my summer holiday, pretty much. And and I realised it early on, I think, as well. So it was the majority of my summer holiday. You get like, what, six, seven or eight weeks off in between, like in your summer break? Are you doing the UK? I don't know about in the US, but like, that's a lot for a 13-year-old to take on. Constantly running to your room to cry a lot. It was proper crying, like someone had died or something. I remember no one, as far as I'm aware, no one clocked on to what was happening. And it was happening a lot. I was literally crying into my pillow, face down into my pillow, crying so much because I felt like this is the end of my life right here. This is the end of my life. And not with any plan in place to end my life, but just because I thought no one is going to accept you. No one is going to respect you. No one's going to like you or love you. This is it. You are done. And I had some really like well, they were only dark for a 13-year-old. I'm sure people have had darker thoughts than this, but I had some pretty dark thoughts for a 13-year-old. And I was thinking that this is going to be a reality. Luckily, it wasn't. I did tell my mum about it, and I was like, I'm not sure what's happening. And I explained that I'd been upset. I didn't go into too much detail. Like, I'm running to the bedroom to cry every time, you know. I just said, like, I didn't even say that it was depression. Like, when I look back now, I think that was pretty depressing for a 13 year old and when I think about it that is a form of depression for a 13 year old to go through I didn't tell it tell it to her like that because I couldn't put it into that context but like I just said I'm really upset about it but I think I might be gay and she was asking me all these questions and saying well you know you have (laughs) she was very nice about it bless her she was like you have all these women all over your wall and she said You don't have to make your mind up just yet. She said, if you are, you are. And you tell whoever you want to tell and you tell them what you want them to know. She says, but you need to take the time to find out if you are or not. She said, you don't have to just say, I think I am gay. She says, because you might be. She says, but you might not be. She said, just just let it ride itself out she says and whoever you feel that you are she said we'll love you exactly the same you're very lucky that's such a cute response though like honestly it's such a like 
that's such a mature response like you don't have to know right now like oh my god I love that response actually my mom my mom is a very wise woman and I always 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 feel like I can it's not always been the case because we've had our stuff but nothing to do with this but other separate things but you know I've always yeah she's your mom like that's what happens I always feel I can tell her something and get a decent response out of her it's very she's very wise so that was my realization Gia what was and you're coming out and you're coming out sorry well no I didn't actually say for certain at the time I just said I think I might but you said that was that's definitely that's definitely coming out yeah, but I had girlfriends after that, you know. So she, my mum even told me that was she was like, oh, we just thought it was a fade because you didn't you didn't carry it on. You, you had girlfriends. Yeah, so, you know, fast forward, I'd had girlfriends and stuff. They knew I'd had girlfriends. They'd met some of my girlfriends for quite a while, actually. I'd had girlfriends. And then I just thought, you know what? And you were a player-ass bitch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I start laughing, hiding all the dirty details, bitch. You were out there playing these bitches, girl. Don't even start. You were a full-on heartbreaker, bitch. And the guys afterwards as well, after just giving up and being like, let's just take this plunge, you know. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, fast forward to meeting Wilson, my partner, who I've been with for five years. Did not say a word to my parents for the first two years. And then I took the plunge. And my mum was like, I kind of guessed. And my dad was like, very angry. I would have been like, well, you kind of said so. (laughs) You put it in here. (laughs) But no, I think after he met Wilson, I think my mum spoke to my dad. There was some kind of diffuse situation going on with my dad and then it was like every because my mum texted me she's like everything's fine bring him we want to meet him and then when they met him i could feel that my mum was absolutely in love with him your boyfriend yeah yeah wilson and then my dad spoke to him like they hadn't just met like he'd known him for a while and i thought okay this is good wilson was so nervous so i'm so nervous about meeting your dad and my dad was golfing and then when the door the door handle went and when it, wilson was like oh my god i was like it's gonna be fine i said if it's not we're just gonna go i said don't worry it all went well and when leaving my dad went to shake my hand and he's like well take care he says and stay in touch and he went to shake my hand and i gave him a hug and my sister told me on the way back home that my dad had said to my sister, that's the first time Gareth's hugged me in years, probably 20 years or something. And he said, and I can't get over how much of a nice guy Wilson is. Gareth isn't a hugger for anyone out there. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I literally only hug my dog and my boyfriend. And I think if I, if I ever get to meet Gia, I think it would need a step ladder or at least six yellow pages. So. <laughs> <laughs> for, a, for a hug, for a real hug. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would probably be like literally towering over you. Like we might need like two ladders, honey. No, I think you'd be all right. I'm not short, but I'm an average height. My friend compared Lisa, to me, bitch, you're gonna be like yes. fucking Wilson. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wilson. Wilson short because he has Afro hair. Like his hair makes up for the fact that like of our height difference. No, my friend Levi is six four. 
Oh, straight white lambs, straight white tall lambs, honey. Oh, darling, if you ever get in a conversation with Levi about this, you'll be the one with the strap on fucking him. I can guarantee you. Oh, I've done that before. <laughs> been, there. <laughs> been there, done that, honey. See, oh my gosh, a lot. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can leave this in the, it's, this is Pride episode. I'm proud of that. <laughs> I, was, I was proud to fuck him in the ass, honey. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't DM Gia, please, Levi, if you do listen to this. <laughs> oh my God, I'm done. But no, um, not even kidding. Definitely have done that before. Happy Pride, everyone. Um, <laughs> Happy Pride. <laughs> oh my God, what a mess. What a fucking mess. Very distressed. He wanted it. He really wanted it. So I was like, okay, I'm giving it. But I've actually, I want to address that because some people have asked me about that. Um, because I'm trans. They were like, isn't that offensive? Because like, you're literally a woman and he wanted to date you, but he made you put on a dick and fuck him. Like, isn't, oh, you asked me that. I think I might have asked you that, yeah. You were like, isn't that disrespectful? It's, I, something? No, I don't know if it's offensive. I, I don't know. I, I felt like it would be more disrespectful. It is a little, I mean, if, if it was like, we were together for a long time. So it wasn't like, here I just want you to do this like we had talked about it or whatever but I'm sure if anyone was like if they were, if someone was like hey you're a trans girl you don't have a dick anymore but I really want you to fuck me in the ass well, can you say, oh my god this is so <laughs> this is such a bad episode what are we happy no, like I like you know you say this every time we record this is messy and then when it's edited and it's put out you're like this is our best episode <laughs> <laughs> You can leave that in. You can leave that in. Then. That's fine. Yeah, no. So we just went to the sex store. <laughs> we just did it there. <laughs> no, 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 no. We had the sex store ladies talk us through which would be best for us. They were they really hooked it up. They laid it down, girl. They laid it down. And then I laid it, I laid that pipe down, girl, when we got home. So walk for a week. <laughs> uh, oh my God, something along those lines. <laughs> he, he was he definitely bitched way more than I would have. <laughs> oh my God. He was a full on full on. No, I don't want to minimize him. But he was abusive, so it doesn't even matter. So say what you need to say. Okay, Gia, so what about your your journey then? Come on. Oh my god. My journey with every, strap on. No, every no, from like your whole like realization, your journey. I realized I was a girl like the day I told my mom. And then but I mean growing up when I was a kid, there's pink and blue for boy and girl, but you don't know what that even means. Like, and then there's all the different toys, all of the trucks. I played with trucks too. When I was a kid, I would yell cement mixer out the window because I would get so fucking hyped for cement mixers and shit. I was oh obsessed. I love I love tractors. That's so strange. I was, I was so obsessed with them. So basically the day I knew that I was a female was or I shouldn't say her full name on the podcast. <laughs> call her Jenny. I'll call her Gina. So I was at Gina's all-girls swimsuit party. Gina isn't her real name, by the way. I'm just using it because it sounds like my name. And her name sounded like my name. And that's how I got my name, just in case you guys don't get it. 
Okay. So I was at Gina's swimsuit party. I was, it was the summer of fourth grade going into fifth grade. All my friends were girls. I literally had no boyfriends and, and she cut her toe and she, it was her birthday party. It was her swimsuit party. She cut her toe on like the, the floor, like the, the, pool tile outside and she was bleeding on the floor and she was crying and everyone was surrounding her and her dad was like mending her big toe that was all bleeding and broken and I was just like staring at it and I literally just thought everybody bleeds that's what I thought everybody bleeds and then I was in the water and like my time froze and I was only 10 you guys. So like my memory of this is super really hazy because it's one of the first memories I generated. Like, so I drove home with my dad or I may have walked home with my dad and my sister. And then when I got home, I told my mom I needed to talk to her and um, she came into my bedroom and I put on some high heels cause I was always wearing dress up clothes Um, so I was really scared sitting on my bed. I remember we were facing a Southern exposure because I remember where my windows were. So we were facing South, the sun was setting. And I said, mom, I want to wear girls clothes. And she said, okay. And then that's my coming out story. Just like that. Yeah. If there's more you want to know, I can definitely answer questions, but Like, it's not a whole long drawn out story like yours was, but I like, it's one of my first memories of life is I'm a, I want to wear girls clothes. That's like, like my first memory, my first memory ever is me shitting out undigested corn. (laughs) Oh my God, you guys. My first memory ever is me shitting out undigested corn outside, like literally in my front lawn with my sisters playing outside. I was scared as fuck. I was like, what is happening? I I ate something and it's not even eaten. Like I'm pooping out corn. (laughs) Like that was my first memory ever was, oh my God, I'm shitting out corn and there's still corn. Like what is is going on? (laughs) That's so boring. I didn't even eat corn. And I never could eat corn like that again until I worked in a Mexican restaurant. Oh, girl, they do corn so good. <laughs> but I was so scarred, scarred for life, scarred for most of my life. But because <laughs> that was my first memory, shitting out corn. corn. <laughs> but did your parents not ask you any questions like, why do you feel like this, or did they not? Was there not anything where you thought, okay, finally, they're like, they're accepting, so I can do this. And then they're like, oh, okay, well. No, I was 10, Gareth. Yeah, but what, I was, what was the support like as a teen? Oh, she said, okay. Like, I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm gay and that's it. Like, it's a whole process. Like, my transition was seven years long. Like, if you guys want a whole transition timeline story, like, you can buy my book and um we talk about that on a separate episode but the only thing is like how old are your parents uh in their 70s now yeah exactly so they're they're slightly older than mine and i'm older than you but you are the youngest i'm a middle child child. well okay so i was adopted so i've got two biological sisters who live with my birth family my biological family who i do not live with then I've got two sisters 
who were adopted, who I'm not blood related to, but they're my hardcore ride or die sisters. Like, sister, you my bitch, you my sis, you my sis. It literally was just like, I see this bitch, she's bleeding. And now I know I'm a girl. Like it really was, it literally was just that. But what was it about that that made you feel like, cause you- I, I, I was the only boy at the all girls swimsuit party. But you were the all, only boy in your, in your sibling. I was, it was an all girls swimsuit party and I was the only boy there. And at home, you're the only boy, right? Yeah, and at home I was only boy. What, I mean, obviously you're growing up with so much female attention around, but I mean, what, what made you feel not not because you could you could go either way you could be like oh I love female attention you I always that. dressed as a female character for Halloween oh so it's a realization in the way that like I'm similar to you I relate to you not like it was just everyone had always asked me are you a boy or a girl are you a boy or a girl are you a boy or a girl and I was like I'm a boy is what I responded with but in my head I said I don't fucking know like what does that even mean yeah 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 learn the difference i knew i think in a way i mean i do think you have a feeling when you're a kid but when but when kids like to see kids exist the gender thing shouldn't really matter because the gender thing is down to sexual purpose in a way do you know what i mean i just of what of what you visualize as sexual, whether it's a reproductive thing or not, you know you know what you're into. Whether it's you see a man, I I love I I I want to have sex with men. I see a man, I want to have sex with. Oh, girl, I want to have sex with men. Yes. Yeah, but you know what I'm yes. saying. Yes. As a kid, none of this is in your psyche. You... Oh no, girl! When I was a little boy, yes, give me the man, girl. <laughs> But, like, I don't know, my biggest problem really was, like, wanting, as a kid, was wanting to see the people I was interested in. But it was also, like, what colour am I going to colour the fence of this shitty picture my parents are going to put on the fucking fridge? You know what I mean? But uh, you No, my, you see, it wasn't... I really wasn't thinking that hard. Like, to me, back when I was a kid, life was way more existential and, like, celestial and mm. more, like fantastical when i was a kid like i literally thought that i could fly eventually you know like if i believed hard enough and i tried and there was enough pixie dust somewhere i could literally fly eventually you know so it wasn't like and there were mermaids you know and there were fairies and elves and dorothy and the wizard of oz and red shoes and life literally was magical when i was a kid so the thought of I, I want to be a girl. That's not like, oh my God, you were born a boy though. Like, it's just, that's who I want to be. And life is magical. And I'm living in this fairy universe because I'm a fucking child. So this is what I want because I'm dressing up as it. And that's who I'm going to be. This is my character. I mean, it's obviously who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think you're still Gia when you're by yourself, but it's a different kind of Gia. It's not like right. But I've had this conversation with myself so many times where if my transition wasn't so chaotic, would I have needed to have surgery? Would I have needed hormones? You know what I mean? Like if I was still a boy, if I didn't have my boobs done, if I still had a dick, if I still like, if I had a a male puberty and my voice dropped, I got an Adam's apple and my face got more chiseled and I stayed super skinny 
would I be worse off? Would I be happier? Would I be? I don't think you would. I don't know what I would be, but I've had this conversation with myself and I'm like, I know I'd be at peace with it by now. But when I was that young, I didn't have, what? I don't, honestly, I don't think if you'd have stayed at your, I don't know what you want to call it, your genetic self or whatever the word is. I don't know what the term is. If I still had a dick, you can be friends. If you still stayed the same, could you have been happy? I don't know. You could have been happy, like, existing, but you probably... No, just at peace. At peace. Just at peace existing. And you probably wouldn't have... I don't even... Because when I was young, I felt like it was literally like an end-all, be-all. Like, I felt like, because I am a boy who wants to be a girl, when I become this this female character that I'm assimilating, you know, when I become that, all of my problems are going to end, you know? Like, I will be that person, you know? But I wasn't, you know? It, I had this realization when I was... Um, probably like 20 or so I was like oh my god I had surgery like three years ago four years ago it's way more than that now but I was like oh my god and it's it's still going on like I woke up today and still going on like I had the same anxiety right before I turned 21 I was like oh my god I'm gonna die before I turn 21 and I'm never gonna get there then five weeks after I'm 21 I'm like oh my god I'm 21 and it's still going like it's the same thing it's it's not it didn't change who I was because I had surgery, because I had hormone replacements and all that. I'm literally still the same person, but I just, I'm not trying to sound super conservative because I feel like I sound like really Republican in this episode today because I'm like over here trying to say like, I think I would have been fine if I was like still had a dick over here, like Uh, vaginas. You know, when somebody goes through this kind of stuff, and they get the surgery, they go through counselling because they have to make sure, because let's face it. Oh, since I was 10, I've been through therapy. Trans person listening to us, we love you and respect you and we see you. You're visible. Of course they are. Everybody is going to be who they want to be when they go through that journey. When you get to your destination, you are that person. Well, you're that, my point is, I was always that person. I didn't need to, I mean, Maybe at the time, like at that time, I needed it or something. Well, but looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. obviously. Yeah. Well, if I could have gotten through. No, I don't even want to talk like that. How do you feel today you would have felt if you were sat here talking to me as a guy? Mm-hmm. How would you have felt? Do you feel? Do you think? Now? Yeah. I can honestly say... I think I could do it. As a guy. I don't know if I would have lived this long. Like, I don't know if I would be living to tell tell you I'm okay now. Okay. So, Gia, what age did you start transitioning? Okay, so I probably, well, I started dressing as Gia socially after that conversation with my mother. So, the summer of fourth grade going into fifth grade. Then, in fifth grade, I went to school and started dressing as Gia. My principal, however, said that I couldn't for the first two weeks of school, which they said that I was just being dramatic. And I broke down and cried. And it was horrible. My mom had to contact the superintendent and they got her fired. And um, what year was this? This was in 2007. 
Oh, so you were like 10. I was 10. And my first day of dressing as Gia, it was two weeks into school because I couldn't do it for the first two weeks. So it was horrible. I got bullied. People pulled out my hair extensions. Um, People tried to grab at my dick to see if I had um, what kind of genitalia I had. I remember just being dirty because people would make me dirty. Like, I, I don't know how. Like, I, I blocked this shit out, you guys. But I remember my, my tights being ripped, me being dirty, my hair being pulled out. Comments, comments, comments. All the time, girl, comments. Um, just people misgendering me, calling me he on purpose all the time. Because it wasn't because they didn't know. It was because they disagreed with it. Like, this, bi- ugh, this bitch, she was an aftercare supervisor. She would call me and she would explain to other kids why she wouldn't call me Gia or she. And that really irked me. Oh, girl, I want to met- I want to friend her on Facebook just so I can contact her and tell her. When I was when I was 10 and 15 and 13 years old, every day felt like a fucking week. And it felt like I was never going to get older. It felt like I was so ready for myself to be like 10 years older but now I'm like oh I wish I was that age again because the time went by slower I'm barely getting enough sleep and a week has flown by you know what I mean if anyone is going through something like this and they want me to speak seriously and candid about it all I really have to say is like it really does get better and easier because when you're young you can't process your emotions like when you're old and that's just fact and I know it sounds like I'm grown and you're a little and you know it's gonna get better so chill the fuck out sweetie and it's and it's totally patronizing but it does get better it does get easier when you're young, you're unaware, but there's something there where you're like... Well, you're not even... You are unaware, but if I was 15 years old and someone called me unaware, I'd be like, fuck you, I'm not unaware. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't mean like that. I mean... But that's what. But that's how I would take it if I was 15. I, when I say you're unaware, you're unaware of what is around you that's standard. Like you said before, there's pink and there's blue, and that's what's forced upon us. But if you're not feeling the colour that you're put in, you're so unaware because that's not what is in here and in here, like your head and your heart. So you're like, okay, whether you like or dislike the colour is not the issue, but it's n- you're forced upon it because you're a boy. So you've, you felt like, okay, well, I'm more towards that side that's the unawareness because you it's the confusion oh it's it's complete indoctrination yeah because you're like well i don't dislike this but this is being forced upon me but i i like this more than that and so whatever it might be you know what i mean it could be a toy it could be clothing it could be a color and from being a kid myself and being dealt in that with in that time you can have all the colors around you as a kid you know we sh- we should be putting every color around people yes there's blues and oranges and pinks and there's different shades to every color is there any particular album that or song that's helped with your journey or 
every Mariah song has helped me with my journey, except the shitty ones. But I mean, which shitty ones? Except I last just... week's songs. <laughs> what? Except last week's songs. The binned ones. Yeah. Shout out to our episode. Everyone go check out Trico's channel, you guys. Show him some love. Please go like and comment all of the things. Subscribe. Please, you guys, show us some love. Yeah, send us some some ratings, reviews, some more subscriptions. Um, we you know we have a whole Instagram feed as well where we do lives. Speaking of which, Gia, let's just introduce everybody to what's been going on over the last few weeks. So, oh go- yeah, I'm sorry, you guys. We've been so bad. I don't think we've gone live on Sunday in a month and more, like it's been a long it's been a long time since we've gone live together on a sunday morning and i feel bad like i'm sorry lambs anyone who gets up early to watch us on sunday or takes time out of their day to watch us we apologize we have been extremely busy and it's not just gareth and no nick i don't just fucking sit around here people think i just live literally live on instagram live and half of the time that's true but lately we are our lives are getting back to normal just as everyone else's is and we talked about this a little bit on a live a quick moment but we should talk about it on the podcast so we started this whole thing back in like may last year so this, you know, we'd already had a little bit of a moment of the whole, like, COVID quarantine lockdown moment. And then this had been in the works since November, I think, October, November 2019. And then there were so many push The podcast? Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- oh, yeah. We had been planning the podcast since MC30's, like, fin- great finale. Well, not finale, but the big, the big, well, at least, but we really, really, really started, like, okay, we'll, we'll, we're going to put out a podcast in 2021. That really started happening when the book and the Christmas special and right when we popped off on the live chats, you know yeah. what I mean? Eventually now, like how it is, it became what, what it was originally intended to be, which is a blessing in disguise. But now as the world relieves itself slowly of the lockdown, the quarantine, everything that we've had to endure and suffer over the last year, it's becoming more real that the world was literally spinning and everybody- It feels feels like this last month, like you guys should see my planner, like from April to May to June, the plans just like doubled and tripled each month because of everything opening up and things started happening. And then I promised I would do these things. And then sudden somehow that all happened to be in June and um we've both been just getting busier getting more overwhelmed having less free time I said on the live I've gone back to classes I'm going back to school online to get some things done and then I'm going to beauty school so like both of us are getting busier again Gareth has gone back to work full-time he's working 12 hours a day and then more like, he's just only yeah. scheduled for 12 hours, but then he works more than that. Yeah. So we barely have time to record our episodes. I don't want to say, hey, this is the last episode for a while. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can do. But we, we're here. We will keep dipping in and out. But this next coming week, maybe expect random lives, like how I've been popping in. 
y'all know I was popping on the lives a ton. And that was definitely because we haven't been going live. Um, and I wanted to see you guys, you know, I want to talk to you guys. Um, we will do as much as we can to try and come and do the odd sporadic live together, of course. And then we'll join with whoever wants to talk in a full conversation with us, a group conversation. Yeah, but I'm going to have to go to work too. Like, I, it's not just like school and beauty school. It's going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to go to work too and make my own money. You know, yeah. I'm going to have to figure my life out. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm getting ready for me to... I'm, I have figured out my plan. I'm executing it. So that's what is happening, you know? So if you guys would like to help support the show in any way, you guys can um, hit us up on Cash App. We don't have a Patreon or anything like that yet. We're looking into it, but you guys can totally send us um, money on our business Cash App, like a tip or whatever. Like we're not beggars, but like you can. It's there. It's in the link in our bio. It's the Adventures of Gigi. And all or nothing is appreciated. Just you being here listening is enough for us. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Like some of the comments that we get, some of the messages we get, the feedback we get, it's so worthwhile and we love it. And and this is a creative thing for us. Like we do this because we want to. Yeah. So, right? Like yeah. the government people were saying, if we just give these people money, they're going to do nothing with their lives. They're just going to stay home and do nothing. But look at what we did, Gareth. We created something, we created something creative, something fun, an outlet, a, a positive outlet for us. And we built a community and we've made friends. And look at us, we've totally grown closer as friends and, you know, built a bond. And I feel like this is a good thing. And it took, it took us like a year to get to this point, but I'm so happy from where, where we came, you know? Exactly. Like over the last this, year. I'm proud of, I'm proud. If, if someone asked me like, what have I done in the last year? And I can show them like, well, I started this podcast with my friend from the UK, like literally just that one sentence, like that's it. I don't have to say, well, I worked on this book. I had several breakdowns. You know, I worked on myself every single day. I meditated. I did this. It's something tangible that I can show somebody. Like I worked on it and I did something. Even though like fuck anyone who says that you had to do that during 2020 because girl, I slept on the couch a lot of last year. I don't give a single fuck. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. But it feels good to know that we did something creative and we didn't have to do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I caught up on so much, like, old TV. Like, I I gave up on Desperate Housewives season two, right? I love Desperate Housewives. I binged all eight seasons in two months, bitch. I did that last year. Like I did it in sense. two months. Oh, that show was so good, girl. Who was the bitch who died in the... Who was the first girl that they were trying to... The first mystery, what was her name? Mary Alice? Yeah, yeah it was Mary Alice. Yeah. Oh, girl. That show was so fucking good. I can't believe Brie ended up becoming the president. Anyway. But, like, you know, during this time, there's been things that... As a positive outlook, of course, people like myself haven't been able to go to the gym. But, you know, we've kept ourselves busy. We've had things to prepare for. We've also caught up on television. We've caught up with, I don't know. Sleep. 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 Exactly. Fucking rest. I needed rest, bitch. I got, I think this pandemic happened for me. Like this did not happen to me. This happened for me, girl, because 
I was not in a place where I could just keep going to work. You know, when this pandemic happened, I was, I literally had a breakdown like a month before the lockdowns happened. Like I I was not in a good place and I I definitely don't want to go back to the service industry. That's why I'm getting ready to like not do that. You know what I mean? That was our coming out stories. What's what's yours? How have you learned from it? And what would what advice would you offer? What advice would you and offer? what it what have you learned in the last year? Yeah, check out our <laughs> somber episode. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Check in with people and make sure that people are okay. Make sure that they they feel like they're valuable and worthy of love existing respect and existing that's a really important one as well people do deserve happiness everyone deserves happiness regardless and um i don't know how that might look but they do deserve it and we will leave some information about some charities lgbtq moment so you go rate review and subscribe to our podcast you can also check us out on the events of gg on instagram thank you so much for listening guys live scheduling will resume asap we do thank you for uh, for your patience all right have a good day guys yeah have a good day stay safe and check in on the, the people that you love and respect or that you might have a worry for so i've been gia paro and i've been gareth storer bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye